0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. The greatest show. The greatest show. Man, I love that movie. Wasn't that... I hope, I hope you watched The Greatest Show, man, and oh my goodness, Hugh Jackman, what an ensemble cast, what a performance. I got the feels all through that. I, I love that thing, So, and I was like... Singing the songs, it was so good. Um, Anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Driven Entrepreneur. We're in the middle of our five-part series called "Winning with Words." Every Tuesday, I'm doing a Teaching Tuesday. So, um, by popular demand, at least there was two or three fans that said, "Hey, I really loved it when you used to do solo episodes, Matt." So I'm back. I'm doing some solo episodes. So, two episodes every single week free of charge. No paywall, no paywall for the archive, no opt-in, no email, no nothing. You can just subscribe for free, download to the device of your choosing, or tune in on any of the AM, FM channels that come your way that you're listening to right now in the car, while you work out in the home, wherever you are, it's always for you. Episode one, we're did five. We're doing a five-part miniseries on Tuesdays. Fridays always has an interview. If you don't know already, it always has an interview with the phenomenal entrepreneur. And this episode is episode three. We've covered uh, winning with words, creating reality. We talked about in episode one, two weeks ago, how our, our words create the reality around us rather than describe the reality around us. Last week, the Tuesday right after Thanksgiving, we talked about don't say don't or can you. And I talked about the different circumstances to use negative or not don't type language. And to me, um, it was really interesting because I came up with some examples I didn't expect. And some of the examples were these These opposite times when you actually want to use a don't with someone, but most of the times when you like to say things the way you want to say them. So if you're curious about how that works, just go back, listen to episode two. It came out uh, last week, December 3rd. So today it's another beautiful Tuesday. We're doing an awesome family vacation in New York this week. Um, it is incredible. I can't wait to get out and see all the sights with uh, with the fam. So it's going to be a wonderful time. Today is about getting unstuck. How to get unstuck with words. So have you ever found yourself feeling stuck? Have you ever felt like you had no options? Have you ever felt like you had to do something and there was just no way around it and and you didn't feel good about it? That, that, that's the thing. It actually felt stuck. Well. I'm going to share with you some ways to get unstuck just by shifting the language. And you may or may not still have to do the thing that you feel like you're stuck doing, but you won't do it in a stuck way, if that makes sense. The energy changes. You won't feel the dread and the obligation and and the guilt and the shame and so forth. That can disappear by changing your language around. The flip side, there's another thing I'm going to solve for you. Have you ever felt stuck not taking action? Like you know what you want to do, uh, maybe you you want to sign up for a gym, you want to get back into shape or something, and you know what you want to do, but it's like doing it just doesn't seem to be happening. There's all the options in the world of what you can do, but the problem is no action is being taken. Have you ever found yourself with too many possibilities and you can't make a decision? Awesome. If you relate to either one of those. We're going to talk about exactly what to do to shift that. And we're going to do that in this episode right now. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming or NLP for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmat.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. Nlpwithmat.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. There are two types of words, two word patterns that I want to break down in this week's episode. And when we break those down, each pattern has its result of what it creates. And the neat thing is each one has kind of a positive and a negative potential result. So let's get into that right now. The words are what we call modal operators. Now, before (laughs) I don't want to lose you on this, a modal operator is nothing fancy. It's just a, a way to say it's a mode in which we operate. So we call words that you're all familiar with. These are words like can, could, should. Need to have to must; those are all words we call modal operators. And there's two different kinds, though. And well, the, eventually, uh, if we get deeper into it, we can actually break it down into six distinct categories. But for conversation's sake and for ease today, I'm going to break it down to two main categories. Okay? There's kind of subcategories from there, but the two main categories are one side is possibility, and the other side is necessity. So what does that mean? Possibility, necessity. Well, some words are words we use to describe that something is possible, like can, could, would, might, even try. Try is one of those words that w- gets a bad rap. Um, you know, people have said, you know, the, the most famous probably, do or do not. There is no try. Who said that? Barack Obama? No. That was Yoda. That was Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. That's my best Barack. But I don't think he said that. I think, uh, I think Yoda said that best. Do or do not, there is no try. He was wrong. He was dead wrong. There is a try. Try is a possibility-oriented word. What it means is that the thing may or may not happen. Think about it like this. Let me give you an example, and we'll play off this example the whole time. You come to me and say, Hey Matt, we should get lunch. Let's get lunch. Would you like to get lunch? And I say to you, you know, that might work. What am I saying? I'm saying, Hey, there's a possibility that we could go get lunch, but there's also a possibility that we don't go get lunch. See what that means? So I, what, what happens is some people want to speak in possibility mode more than other people. So they'll keep their options open. And I'm one of those people, by the way. So if you talk to me, know that everything I say is usually starts in possibility mode. Um, it's very hard for me to get myself to cut off options and to decide on one simple thing. So I'll say things like, hey, that sounds good. That sounds good. What am I saying, though? That sounds good. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. That might work. You know? Yeah, that may work next week. It may work next week. Or the one you're most familiar with, yeah, let's really try to get together. Which the reason why try gets a bad rap is usually people use try when they really have no intention of following through. Oh, we should really try to get together. And you know that it means there's a 99% chance that they're not going to get together with you. So, But the reality is try is possibility. If I say, let's try to get together, it could happen, but it also could not happen. It leaves the options open. So what a possibility words, let me go through a couple of them again. It's things like may, might, maybe, uh, would, Hey, that could work. Yeah, I would do that. I'm not saying I will do that. I'm saying I would do that. Notice the difference. will do that says, yes, I will do that. I'm giving you my word. I will do it that tells you that a thing is happening. Now, could it, something happen, you know, in this way? Sure. But when I say it will happen, it needs to happen. This must happen. It really gives the energy of 100% commitment where if I say it might happen, it, you know, I would do that. We could go, um, let's try that gives kind of, I don't know, maybe a 50, 50 at best try might be, you know, less than 50% certain. And, um, I would do that maybe is a little more like 60% certain I, I'm making those numbers up, but you, you get what I mean. It's, it's essentially, it's like, eh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> excuse me, my goodness, I'm getting all worked up on, uh, <clears throat> on wood and could, oh, that's why you always keep water by the microphone. Okay. So there we go with the wood, the could, the maybe, the might, the may, the try and all that stuff. So what are some positives and some negatives for possibility? You know what? Before I get to that, let me explain the other side of it. So that was possibility-oriented language or modal operators, mode in which we operate. The other kind of modal operators are necessity words. Now, necessity words are words like need to, have to, should. Like if, if your mother said, you should really take a jacket, what they're, they're not saying, well, you should, you, you don't have to. What they're really saying, I think, today in should is take it. You should do that. Now, should is a funny word, though, because technically you could argue it's more possibility, but it's possibility with a value judgment. Hey, you should do this. It's right to do this. It's better to do this, but there's still a possibility technically. Um, The correct necessity word would be shall. But let's be honest, I mean, you know, in America, at least when was the last time you heard someone say shall it shall be done, you know, unless you're watching Game of Thrones or something, I guess. And I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Sorry, I never got on the bandwagon. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're if you're hearing something like that, um, that, you know, sometimes you know, in the UK a little bit, you'll hear that here and there and, and different dialects. Um, but for the most part, shall isn't used much. So it's been replaced with common language with should. So when you say something like "you should," "you need to," "you must," "we have to," um, another one that's great—a necessity word—is "it's time." Hey, it's time that we handle this. What is it saying? It's not saying, you know, we could do it today. No, we're saying that the option of not doing it is no longer valid. Now it's time. Like, and I, the the most time I use this is with my son. And it's when I go, come on, you know, let's go, let's go get ready for bed, brush your teeth. And then he farts around and I say, okay, come on, you know, blah, 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 and we have our little dance. But then at one point he knows when he pushes it. Cause I go, hey, Val, it's time, stand up, let's go. And when I say it's time, that means there's no other options and he knows it. It's like, there's no more wiggle room and he gets up and it's like, it's time to go. So it's time is another necessity word. So what does necessity do? Well, necessity is the opposite. What it does is it cuts off the other options. And it says, really, the one option that I'm talking about is the road in front of us. It's the one way to go. So where possibility gives you multiple options, necessity language essentially cuts off the options and gives you one track of action. And that's pretty cool. Um, It's useful sometimes. So let me break into... The positive and the negative, the potential, actually, the potential positive and negative for each one. So in possibility mode, if I talk possibility mode, here's some potential. The positive potential is I use possibility language to, uh, to in- in- engage with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to, um, to generate options. I want to generate new options. So remember I said in the beginning, you ever felt stuck? if you felt stuck before and you feel like I only have one option and I don't like it and I feel like I'm railroaded into it and I'm stuck right now and it sucks, use possibility language to generate more options for yourself. You know, so it's like, okay, um, you know what I have to, I have to do the dishes. You know, I have to, no one else is. And, and we say things like this about, Yeah, about our lot in life, whatever that is. And I know, you know, it's all contextual, right? Um, But let's say that was your experience and you go, no one else is stepping up. So you say to yourself, well, I have to do them. No one else will. I have to do them. No one else will. You're in necessity mode, necessity energy, and you're using necessity language. And what that does is it tells you there's only one option. And you might go, well, Matt, there only is one option because if I don't do them, no one else will. I know, I get it but you're speaking in a way that only allows one option. So here's a little NLP trick. It's kind of a hack language pattern wise to generate more options and to get yourself unstuck. So try this out. Next time you're, 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 you feel stuck, try saying, okay, I know I have to do the dishes. You gotta acknowledge it. I know I have to do the dishes, but if I could, hear the word? Could, possibility word. I know I have to do the dishes, but if I could think of any other option, what else might work? Same as using using possibility words. It's pretty simple. But you start in where you are. So you use a necessity word. I know I have to, but if I could think of something else, what might work? So if I I know I have to, but if I could think of something else, what might work? And then allow your mind to generate some options. And look, the options you come up with might suck. You might like you might you might not like them at all. So what else could, what else might work? Well, um, I guess I could get more strict with the kids and, or, you know, with my wife or husband or whoever else, you know, isn't doing the dishes. I could do that. Um, What else could I do? I could break down and buy a dishwasher. What else could I do? Um, I could leave the dishes in the sink and just wait till someone does them. Well, no one else has, and I've tried that. I, I know, I know, but that's an option, isn't it? Isn't it truly? Now, you might not think it's a good option, it might be a bad option. It might produce nasty smells. <laughs> but technically, it is an option to leave the dishes in the sink and see what happens. What else could I do? You know, I could have a family meeting and we could talk about the responsibilities in the home and maybe redistributing some things. And maybe it's time for me to take something different on and then release and, and, and give these other tasks to some other people. Maybe that's something that you haven't really thought about. It's funny how, how we'll, we'll cut options off so fast. You know, so often in life, I think um, we think of an option and then we go, oh, but they won't go for that. Or, you know what? No, he's too lazy. Or, you know, sometimes it's not even negative. It's just like, oh, no, I, I, I know them. They're, they, you know, they're not going to do it the way I want. <laughs> Excuse me. Man. All this talking. All this talking. I think it's the weather changing. I'm coughing. I'm sneezing. I, I, I feel great. I feel great, but something's going on. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, so you're generating options, but you're thinking that it's not the way you you want it to be. And what do we just do? See, what's funny is when you start generating more options with possibility language, you look around and all of a sudden, it's like you can't really blame anyone. And you can't blame the situation because there are, in fact, options. And the truth is, whether you feel like it or not, the truth is that you are choosing Your path. You're choosing that one strategy, that one option that you think is the best one. It feels like you're stuck and it feels like there's no other options, but there actually are. They're just not options you like. So, this little exercise, and it might seem silly, and it might seem like, well, what's the point if you just generate options you don't like and then cut them off again? I've watched people transform how they show up in life and in their families just by going in, using possibility words, and generating new options then you look at those options and you think to yourself, okay, I mean, do I really want to leave them in the sink and then just get resentful at people? If it doesn't work and make it smell, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. Um, I do pride myself in a clean house. And then you think, okay, I could, you know, well, we already had the family meeting and the truth is I, you know, I do a lot, but everyone else does a lot too. And they're doing this and they're doing that. And, and by, by thinking through the options and by thinking in possibility mode, you might fill in some extra gaps in your story that you weren't previously telling yourself. So maybe you think, gosh, you know, you know, my, the, my significant other, they are working a lot and there's all this overtime happening and my kids are doing this, but you know, maybe it's time for my kid to step up a little bit more and maybe you decide you're going to have your kids start to help vacuum or something. And it's like, well, if he starts vacuuming, that's going to help me a bit and I'm not going to feel so overwhelmed. And my other kid could start taking the trash out to the trash can because he's old enough to do that. And then all of a sudden the dishes just feel like, well, this is my part. And maybe I'm actually okay doing that. And that is the way you want to do it. You know, I thought about that once because I do the dishes in our house and that's, you know, the one major chore I do. But I remember thinking about it and thought, gosh, you know, all these dishes and I barely even use any plates and, uh, you know, because a lot of times I'll be eating out or I'm traveling uh, for work, but then Val and Lola are home and they're using the dishes. And so I have this story in my head sometimes of, well, they use all the dishes, but then I have to clean them all. And then I thought through, and, and the biggest thing that stuck out for me, and it was so funny, when I generated the options of I could have Val load the dishwasher, I could have Lola load it. And then I thought, yeah, but what about my OCD? Because <laughs> I like the dishwasher loaded. Are you with me? I don't know. I should do a poll or something on social media. Um, are you with me? I like the dishwasher loaded the way I want to be loaded. I want to play the game of how many can I fit. That's what I do. So after thinking about that, I literally was like, you know what? I know I could have someone else do this, or I know I could change out chores, but honestly, I feel like this is the right thing to do. So when you feel stuck, the cool thing with possibility is number one, the positive is it generates new options. And that's phenomenal because it can get you out of stuck. Here's the negative side of it. Sometimes you can stay in what I call possibility land. My wife calls it possibility land. Possibility land is where you can't make a decision possibility land is where you keep generating options. Hey, we could do this, you know what, I could do anything. I mean, isn't it great, don't you want your kid to think, I can do anything? Yes, but eventually, you want them to get off their butt and stop saying, I can do anything, and decide what they will do. Because when you say, I can do anything, you're actually not doing a thing. Does that make sense? If I say, I can do anything, I'm actually doing nothing. It's important to start, I think, in possibility mode, so, you, you know, that's the most powerful way to get into action, in my opinion, is to start in possibility mode saying, what could I do? I can do anything. There's many options. Generate as many as you can. But then once you land on one, then shift into necessity mode and say, and now that I can do anything, which one thing will I do today? See the word will or which one thing needs to be done today? See, I have today, for instance, as I'm recording this right now, um, the entire schedule is wide open. It's family night tonight. So, you know, we're getting a Christmas tree and it's all cool, but really like there's nothing, I don't have anything scheduled per se. So what that meant was I have no appointments. I have no calls. I can do anything. And I looked at all the things that I have on my list and all the things with work and all the things with the house and all the things in relationship and study and, and, and all the things, you know, there's a lot of things. But then I said, what one thing will I do this afternoon to make sure it gets done? And it's like, well, let's make sure we record this episode for you guys. I want to get that done. And there'll be a couple more things that are getting done. Once I finish this, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to go be with my wife and we're going to get some things done in the house that we set up, you know, two, three things. So we go from possibility to necessity. Okay. So what's the positive side of possibility mode? Generates options, gets you unstuck. But what's the negative side? you can get stuck and you can stay basically in inaction because you're in possibility mode too long and it breeds procrastination if you stay there. Okay. So just pay attention. And if you're not sure, it's really interesting. You can pay attention to your words or just pay attention to your results and then start using the words that you want to. If you're feeling stuck and obligated, start using possibility words to get out of that. If you're feeling procrastinating, stuck, like you're just in action, you're not doing anything, start using necessity words. Say, what should I get done today? What do I need to do right now? And that'll actually help you get out. So let's talk about necessity, the flip side of it. And it's basically the same thing. The positive of necessity is action. When you get into necessity mode, you get into action mode. You get things done. You move forward. You move the needle in your life and your business. So necessity words are very powerful words if you want to move the needle and, um, and progress forward. The negative side of necessity is what we already talked about, which is feeling stuck. Um, you can get into obligation. Oh, I have to get this figured out. And then you're like, ah, oh, and you're worried and fearful and you're not sure how. So if you don't know how to do something, excuse me, if you don't know how to do something, it's not helpful to be in necessity mode when you're not actually sure of your process. So You're trying to figure out the process for a task to get done and you don't know how to do it, pop into necessity mode and say, okay, we could do this task. And if we were to do it, what's one way we could accomplish it? What might we do? What else could we do? See, could, could, might. Use those possibility words to start generating ideas uh, about the process and about how you'll go about it. Once you land on something you think will work, that's when you shift into necessity mode and that's when you lock down and say, now that we've thought about it, what needs to happen? How should we do this? Let's do it this way right now. So the positive of necessity is action. The negative is obligation and feeling stuck. What's the secret of life? The secret to move forward? The secret of all these modal operators? The secret is to be able to switch back and forth fluently. To realize when you're feeling obligated and stuck to use possibility language and pop yourself out, generate options, decide on the one that's most effective, even if it's the original one or if it's a new one, and then use necessity and get back into action again. If you find yourself procrastinating, start using necessity language to say, look, I know I could do anything today, but what needs to get done right now? See, possibility into necessity. So play around with that. Enjoy. Uh, I hope this teaching was useful for you this week. Um, if you're listening on the radio, remember you can get these episodes on demand through podcast networks. You can get them on Podbean. That's where our podcast network is hosted. You can, of course, also get them on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you get podcasts or on demand content. Just search for The Driven Entrepreneur. Or search for my name, Matt Broning B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G, Matt Browning, and you can get these on demand anytime you want. Um, this was also, of course, recorded on Facebook Live, so if you want to uh, follow and engage uh, with the live episode recordings whenever they come out, make sure you follow me on social media, at Matt Brauning, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, It's all the same on there. I'm normally on Facebook doing these lives. I might start doing a few on Instagram as well, on IGTV. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But that's it for me today. If you would, if you haven't already, I'm asking you directly. I'm not asking the general fan base. I'm asking you specifically, if you haven't already, could you, would you, Sam I am, leave a five-star review, a rating, and a review on iTunes that would help tremendously to to expose more people to the show. It would be a big favor uh, if you like the show. If you don't like the show, don't leave a five-star review. Uh, You can leave less if you want to. I mean, that's fine. Uh, But I'd sure love it if you would just take a second out of your day. It's in the show notes or just head over to iTunes. Search The Driven Entrepreneur. You'll see my face right there. And quickly to scroll down, hit five stars, and then write a review. And you can leave two sentences Tell, me, tell people what you think about the show, what you think about me, whatever it is. And look, I got thick skin at this point, so say it the way you want it. Uh, but I sure appreciate it. I'm really trying my best to give you some great value each and every single week. Thanks for listening. As usual, get out this week and crush it. Friday, we'll have a phenomenal interview with another driven entrepreneur. I'll see you in a few days.